Morning, Jarvis. Good morning, Commander. How we doing? The ship's systems have been checked and are okay. Have I got any emails? Yes, two. What's the first email? From Alvin DeFear. Grr woof woof grr. Translating, please wait. Is Thursday's Studio 5 recording completed? What's the second one? From M. Stryker. Sorry Ventura, but I am unable to meet with you this weekend. Something has come up. We'll talk to you next month. Okay, back to the main menu. Uh, can you get the latest edition of the Hot Orbital Radio News Digest? Thanks. Right, play it when you have it. Please wait. Searching. Searching. Found. Loading. Now playing. Somewhere in the heart of Hutton Orbital, not so very far from Cubicle 3, is an establishment well regarded among truckers since time immemorial. Well, since the place was built, anyhow. A flickering neon sign, half broken and hanging by a single nail on one corner, dejectedly proclaims the establishment's name. The Forex. Inside, a small group are huddled together in a corner, reading what looks like the previous week's Galnet News. The first page is festooned with text and information. The inside is full of blank pages covered in crayon drawings. A radio in the corner is playing the local station. As one, the four members of the group sit bolt upright and dash for the door as a voice from the speaker utters those immortal words. Uh, our mics are live. Good evening, evening one and all, and it, it's now spring in Hutton Orbital, so there's the fresh smells. So, Harry, what is that? Oh, that's not spring you can smell. It's something far worse. Anyway, get on with it. Okay, then. As ever, on tonight's show, we have an inestimable, 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 inestimable team. <clears throat> is this where the spoons line? With us tonight, in the blue chair, we have the ballsy Harry Balzac. Thank you, Mr. Chafing. Also with us in the brown chair, we have that dirty old sod, Lou Snockers. Thank you, I think, Mr. Balzac. In the pink tonight, we have my beloved Norma, although I think she's cross with me this evening. I'm not talking to you until you apologise for... for... well, you know what for. Well, looks like it's going to be a fun one tonight, folks. Marital strife in the studio. Let's get cracking with the headlines and hope that they behave during the show. Hearing dog in blind support mission. Flare gazing leads to hair raising encounter. The apology officer is once again not in the building and building up to an apology from a standing apology officer. Atrus 5060 is keen to tell us quite how deep the bio waste goes. 
And Harry Balzac's here with the Green Goo Pools results. Lou receives a mysterious transmission. And Norma's trying to make sense out of the lack of CGs. Tonight, after an intrusive expose by Sagittarius I last Sunday opened public speculation into his fluffiness's parentage, breeding and stature, Alvin Deefa, fluffy leader of the Hutton Truckers, galactic communication superstar and all-round hearing dog, some months rounder than others, but we're reassured that's all hair and not stolen sausages, has instructed a blind man to come to his office forthwith. In an effort to shield Alvin's most private of communications and personal moments that may or may not include belly rubs from Lael Wolf and personal grooming of private parts of his anatomy, he has commissioned a retractable visual shield for his office. This shutter and neck curtain combo is designed using the latest materials, we suspect void opal coated unobtainium, by one Cecil B. Trumpington cocktail engineer to the stars to be soundproof, lightproof, waterproof and possibly even 60% proof. These newfangled blinds are being installed by professionals of course, trained in spaniel placation techniques, avoiding the lintel with the big drill so as not to get stuck, wielding a Henry the Hoover so as not to end up with dusty paw prints everywhere and of course that staple requirement for any manual labourer from the station maintenance company Bodget and Scarpa, Blind Installations Division making tea with enough sugar in it to make your teeth shiver. Alvin has written to Sagittarius I stating that whilst he wholeheartedly approved of the interview and history of both Hutton Orbital and the truckers he was unimpressed with the wild speculation as to what breed he was or whether he was even actually a dog. He confirmed that his mum was a bitch, his dad was a total dog and yes, it has been that way for hundreds of generations. Though to be fair, that describes most of the cast of EastEnders in space. You slag! You're not my mum! Sorry, got carried away. Um, Alvin... He has invited them for a photo shoot at his offices to clear up any confusion. By sheer coincidence, Bodget and Scarpa also appear to have fitted a big lever to his desk, a hatch in the floor and the rumours of gallons of seawater, sharks and underwater lasers. Not connected to any of the above. In true Hutton style, after the recent incidents of explosive decompression and a rapid unscheduled disassembly, Commander Flossie of Hutton Orbital, part-time fuel rat and full-time mother trucker, has managed to catch back up with the Distant Worlds expedition at speeds that would put salt posters after a new point release to shame. Having caught up with Distant Worlds, Commander Flossie proceeded to overtake them at speed. Going first from light speed, then to outrageous speed, and then straight to ludicrous speed. At which point the fuel ran out. Luckily, in order to continue her extraordinary extraterrestrial expedition, 
Flossie found herself at a scoopable star with some rather pretty wavy lines coming out the sides of it. As all good fuel rats do, Flossie opened the big scoop, throttled back and turned round for a selfie. Or at least that's what she thought she did. Instead, the chosen lever flapped the seat back into relax mode. The flash went off in her eyes and the ship intoned frame ship drive operating beyond safe limits before everything turned into a bucking bronco and her good ship ended up in normal flight with alarms going off everywhere. The glass blew out of the cockpit, the laundry all caught fire, the crockery turned into something that Time Team or Ramtar would be proud to find in a few millennia and the hamster remlock devices snapped into place over her cockpit companions. Not one to be deterred, Flossie quickly synthesised some more oxygen and dialed up the Hutton truckers with one message. Oh, bother. Unfortunately, this was followed by, oh, bother, again as the drives caught fire and then fell off, before a final, oh, bother, as the core ejected itself before exploding. After finding herself floating in space somewhere in the cone of a neutron star, Commander Flossie scooped the hamsters up in one arm, pulled out her communication tablet, took a selfie and waited for a rescue ship. After all, at ludicrous speed, it would only take a day or two to catch back up again. Now, if only she could remember where that system was with the five water worlds and the really nice sandy beaches. Hutton Orbital Truckers Cooperative Incident report form. Incident location, nowhere you've heard of. Date and time of incident, 1830, 18th of March, 3305. Reporting officer, Mia Harkness. Circulate to his fluffiness Alvin Deeper, progenitor Leo Wolf. Type of incident, traffic, property damage. Type of damage, life and ship. I thought this was going to be a sad one, but it ends happily enough, so chin up. It only cost us a hauler and one commander and we sort of got the commander back. You may know that after too many Hutton coffees, Commander Short Engineer 78 set off for Beagle Point in a stripped out hauler about a week ago. Well he made it and spent some time ooing and eyeing at how little the galaxy looked that far out. After a brief delay to plait his beard, he made a start for home. As he always does, Short Engineer had planned stops at interesting places on the way. He wanted to see all the colours of the Lagrange clouds, the weird space tree things and the many different types of mollusk. He loves a space mollusk. Well, the thing is, he really likes mollusks and wanted to see one close up but they are really big and haulers are really little and he didn't have any shields and the hut and coffee had worn off by then and the beads had come loose from his grizzly Adam's beard and were floating about the cockpit and why? Is this the boost button always the one you press by accident? Anyhow, bang, crunch, yelp, shark, pin, take a breath and pop the hauler became a convertible and the escape pod was stood back in storage at Hutton with a shield generator and all the other heavy bits. No one quite knows what happened next. I was at Hutton Orbital with Commander Rampage when the news came in. 
It's never a good sign when we both get notification at the same time. We exchanged a look and made our way round to Budget Clones for you. The place was locked up and in darkness. All of the display vats had been removed and the notice been stuck on the door. It was Alpha Centauri Environmental and Genetic Health. They had closed the place down. It must have been really bad because Hutton has a McSargoids and a dodgy pub on the parade that just pie and pint for one credit. I looked over at Rampage as he chewed thoughtfully on a three-day-old herring head. There was a look of sadness on his pasty, clammy face as we turned away from his birthplace. I know, I said. Let's see what was left in the kitty. There were loads of bounty money from that anaconda we shot up the hall of race. We might even have enough for a decent clone this time. Oh, no offence. Non taken, he beamed, his bulging eyes brightening. Let's get the, to the hot box office. Everyone was in when we got there, so we shared the sad news, and as we did so, I noticed a couple of shifty glances. What? Rampage asked. Well, began Ockman 55. Would anyone like a muffin? What was that? Rampage asked suspiciously. I'm Toasty Tommy. Your one-stop toasting machine. I can toast bread, muffins, bagels. Shut up, or I'll shut it up with a hammer, growled Rampage. Auckland quickly unplugged the toaster and put it back into a cupboard. Um, it was a sale, so, you know. I had to ask, did we spend anaconda bounty on any other vital pieces of equipment? Eager to pass the blame, Auckland piped up. My dude bought the 3305 Ladies of and Hollow calendar. To be honest, that didn't surprise me. There was something about matronly women in boiler suits that made my dude come over all unnecessary. We got the petty casting from the top-notch security place and emptied out the contents. There wasn't much. A few listless days passed as we tried to think of something. Suddenly, we had the same idea at the same time. Gift shop, I asked. Gift shop, Rampage confirmed. We looked and looked. There were all sorts of things in the shop. Alvin plushies, replica mugs and real mugs. Centauri Mega Gin gift set and an anatomically correct buck-necked bobbleheads with extra jiggling action. After a while, the only thing we could see was a full-size robotic 20th century style Chucky doll and there was no way we were downloading his consciousness into that. We were at a loss when Rampage received a call. The star system where short engineer went pop was a conservation zone, so the fuel rats had dispatched a deep space salvage team to clean up the mess. They were on final approach to Hutton. Among the wreckage, they found an egg made of a sort of secret, secreted resin, or maybe a strange type of stone. We met the crew in the hangar as they alighted from a very worn-out asp scout, carrying the egg between four of them and placed it on the deck. We all stared in awe at the gift the space mollocks had left us. Elemental forces then caused the stone egg to hatch. From it there came a stone commander. The nature of short engineer 78 was 
irrepressible. There he was, large as life and twice as hairy as he'd been before. He was a bit overwhelmed at first, but he's nothing a lot but he's doing a lot better now that we convinced him to start wearing clothes again. Nurse Wyeth gave him a medical and it turns out that stone which makes up his skin is actually a kind of space mollusk resin. He's still mostly human, with some space mollusk DNA filling in the gaps. Strangely, he has a ravenous appetite for bananas and eats them non-stop now. When we last checked, he was at around 10,000 BEDs, banana-equivalent doses. Real thing, look it up, because bananas are mildly radioactive and he's eaten a lot of them, he glows in the dark a bit. But don't be afraid, he's very friendly. Just don't mention the smell. So all good in the end, and we still have some anaconda money left. Happy days. Anyway, happy World Puppetry Day. Apologies from the standing, standing apology officer, that's me, to our standing who did awesomely at not turning up. Turned out nice again. Apology officer, official standing, standing, team hotbox. Sorry again. Good evening, truckers. Atris5060 reporting in with the latest intel on the Thargoids from Canon Research. I'm glad to report some good news this week of last week's targets Ross 490, Tangua and Turbacobo were saved and incursions in Apishna and Anka were lifted. In addition to this, Thargoid presence in Ross 695, HIP 2406, Vegadang and Songbi has been reduced to marginal, meaning that the incursion in these systems may be lifted soon. Furthermore, Operation IDA has successfully repaired Artemis Lodge in Selanial, allowing them to move on to repairing Copernicus Observatory in Asterope. But as always with good news, there is some bad news. Sorry. Thargoid's incursions are now present in the remaining three targets reported last week, which are 61 Virginis, HIP 9141 and Segreth. In addition to these, the Thargoid incursions are still ongoing in HIP 10492, Orang, Cambo, HIP 4024, Camulus, Bad and Eskiti. This week, the Buffins decoding the Eagle Eye Network are reporting that the Thargoids are going to be targeting HIP 12779, HIP 8830, Turbacobo, Agatha 61 Virginis, and Ross490. As you may have realised, Turbacoba 61 Virginis and Ross 490 were targeted last week, with Ross 490 and Turbacoba being saved and 61 Virginis currently under incursion. It's unclear whether Eagle Eye has encountered another error or whether the Thargoids are duping us once more. Either way, these systems must be defended and the ongoing incursions need to be lifted. 
Your mission this week, truckers, should you choose to accept it, will be to defend HIP 12779, HIP 8830, Turbacobo, Agatha, and Ross 490, and help lift the incursion in 61 Virginis. We need you out there, truckers. Good luck, and as always, it's for the mug. And now, a new special service for all our sports fans out there. The Green Goo Pools results brought to you by our kind sponsors, the George Pantazis Purple Family. Losses, Gene Terminal Vikings 1, Farg of the South 3. Sorry Team of V1G Apology 3, Farg of Mid Super Cruise 4. Furkawa Fur Gatherers 1, Queen's Tharg Rangers 4, Wenzel Terminal 2, West Tharg United 4, Bessel Gateway 6, Tharg Sharks 7, Matesport Malteser Eaters 0, Tharg North End 1, Baird Dock Pallet Sniffers 4, Stanley Tharg, five. And now the winds. A pish in a pants, one. Inceptor incidentals, didn't. Anchor rovers, four. Static incursions, nil. Turbocobo little hobos, two. Little fuckers, nil. Tangworm a bit, one. Green Army, nil. Ross 490 Academicals, four. Tentacles Fingersmiths, nil. And now the no score draws. Ross 695 Warriors, nil. Squiddy Hold Dwellers, nil. HIP 24046 Dragons, nil. Thargoid Menace, nil. Vajadeng Giants, nil. Tharg Flower Wielders, nil. Songbee Narwhals, nil. Queen of the Tharg, nil. HIP 12779 Mods, nil. Tharg Prickly Thistles, nil. Can't help feeling there's a little lack of tension here if these are no score draws. HIP 8830 Warmongers, nil. Fargonian House Muir, nil. Agatha All Stars, nil. Tharg City, nil. 61 Virginis Eunuchs, nil. Black Tharg Consortium, nil. Second round replays have been scheduled for Turbocobo Little Hobos, Ross 490 Academicals, 61 Virginis Eunuchs. Listen in, same time, sort of, next week, if we still like the idea, for next week's pools results. In the meantime, keep those coupons safe, and for once you can help yourself by supporting your local Hutton team. Keep on keeping on. Until next week, farewell. Good evening, truckers. It's good to be back, and I have some very strange BGS news to report. 
But first, the general instructions. Where it's relatively stable, we're a little high in a couple of systems, so if we can drop our pants, that would be helpful. Both our LPs need quietening down, and we need to... No, no, I'm not going to say that. Normal would kill me. Um, PSPF LF2, Loyton and Wolf124 also need lowering a little. The most important task currently is to prevent our friends from expanding into the PSPF LF2 by working for the controlling fraction in Omnicrom 2 Eridani and getting them to expand first. So, all hands to Omicron 2 and get that expansion triggered. The big news in Colonia is that we're 3-0 up in the war with Tyr, so two more days just to be safe have that in the bag. We're an outbreak in Doriso, so plenty of money to be made there. And there are dastardly pirates in Eol Procol Centauri, so get to it, combat pilots. On to the strange nude. Nude? Strange news. Book's not here. The BGS office at Studio 5 received a, this transmission today. We have the transmission. After extensive research, we've deciphered some of the message, and although the sender's name is still a mystery due to the shitty sound, it claims that they are back and working to boost the truckers in Barnard's Star. Encoded in the static, another message claims that this our protection, but we haven't decided who they claim to be protecting us against. We can't be sure but we think that we're being asked to boost Barnard's star hard. More news as we find it. Now, over to Norma with whatever news she has this week. I've got nothing to say to you, not until you apologise. And that's it from me this week. came to our world long ago, tis said, and now they're out there, in the depths of space, far away. Or maybe, they're under the sea, far below. There are the old ones, the oldest of the old, older than us, but older, older. That is not dead, which can eternal lie. And with strange aeons, even death may die. Old Ones Productions. Quality art prints, t-shirts and chess sets for horror and science fiction fans. Because you never know when you might need Cthulhu, Commander. Find us in the Lave Business Directory, or alternatively at www.oldonesproductions.com.
There we go. It's flashing. It's flashing. It's flashing. It's flashing. And the community goes. Well, first tonight we have Ali J with the pressing question Can we give Hutton Orbital a paint job? Well, I've checked, and we all have to paint, so no. Okay. Next, it's Rami N with, Will Aldin ever be renamed Alvin? It's already called Alvin, dear, unless you're federal, in which case you're bad. A particularly knotty question from Paul H. How many mugs end-to-end -end will it take to reach Hutton Orbital? Thanks to Commander Draxor's mug collection, we can confirm that it's 20 quadrillion, 858 trillion, 304 billion, 433,152 mugs, end-to-end -end from the star to Hutton Orbital. From Jim B. Given that God is infinite, and that the universe is also infinite, would you like a toasted tea cake? I'd love one, thank you. Sl sliced and buttered, please. From Draxor. Where's the gin? It's in Cecil. All of it. From one Eftiang Mustang. What do space monarchs taste like, and how should they be cooked? They should be eaten raw, with some Ucheng chilies and just a dash of lemon. They taste slightly lemony and a little spicy if you do that. We don't recommend him having them without. Not unless you've got a strong constitution. From one... Oh, Commander Hober. Whatever happened to Hober's bit? We've got it on reliable authority from Nurse Wyeth that your bit will clear up soon, as long as you keep applying the cream and stop scratching. And one from a Claire H... Is there any situation that cannot be fixed by hitting boost? In my considerable experience, no. Not even being stuck near neutron stars, or in reverse, or both. I've got one here from a dead meat GF, and I think I can answer this one myself. The question is, is it boobs? And I think the answer to that is, no, it never is. And finally, we have one here written in crayon, from one Lou S. It says, Can you ever forgive me, my dear? You can tell that good-for-nothing, scruffy-looking nerve herder that I've had quite enough of that. He'd better behave or he'll be scrubbing cubicle three for weeks. He knows what he did and he's a very naughty boy. Anyway, that's all from me this week. Tune in next week for more solutions to whatever's ailing you. Unless, of course, it's mods in which case we recommend seeing Nurse Wyeth as soon as possible. And stop scratching! If you don't hear your answer to your pressing question this week, don't worry, we haven't forgotten you, but we'd like to get to bed sometime this side of 3306. If you're lucky, I might ask it next week.
This is a public service announcement from the Fuel Rats. Please stop what you're doing and pay attention. If we can rescue you, we will. But you can help us help you by following these easy steps. 1. Fly 50 light seconds or so from the system's main star and drop out of supercruise. 2. Note down the current system and the nearest stellar body. 3. If you're on emergency life support, log out immediately. 4. Go to fuelrats.org and click Get Help. 5. Stay calm, hold your breath, and let our seasoned professionals do what they do best. The Fuel Rats. We have fuel, you don't. Any questions? News Digest, 21st of March, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news. Terminal news. Eagle-eyed cannon concoct Thargoid theory. The death and life of Harry Potter. Lockdown in Seoul. Terminal news. The Explorer's Anchorage has been officially opened for business four days after the sponsors, the Distant Worlds 2 expedition, headed off on their journey to Beagle Point. Not only does it now boast an extended gift shop and facilities for touring belugas, Explorer's Anchorage will also be hosting rebuy screen facilities for Distant Worlds explorers who get a bit too friendly with neutron stars, or who misjudge the glide down to that 4G world with the alluring sunset. Meanwhile, Archimbal Terminal in the Chansar system remains under the control of the Children of Tothos, current holders of the most dangerous religious cult award for the second week running. The Children of Tothos were expected to blow the terminal up to summon their deity who's apparently attracted by mass murder, but the cult seems to have forgotten why it took over the terminal, and there's been no sign of a runaway thermonuclear reaction melting the station and all its inhabitants into a glowing puddle so far. Let's hope they get on with it, so we can have a more exciting news bulletin next week. Eagle-Eyed Cannon Concoct Thargoid Theory The brainy boffins of Canon Interstellar have been doing their homework, and they've come up with startling findings about Thargoid targets. Last year, the Eagle Eye Network reported that the Thargoids were targeting systems with Ammonia worlds. However, since the end of 3304, it seems that the Thargoids have diversified, and that the listening nodes of the Eagle Eye Network are somehow tuned in to this diversity. In the Pleiades, Eagle Eyes 1 and 3 identify industrial military targets, while Eagle Eye 2 identifies military terraforming targets. In the bubble, Eagle Eye 4 reports on Thargoid interventions in systems with ammonia worlds and planets with ammonia-rich atmospheres, while Eagle Eye 5 identifies military and high-tech targets, and Eagle Eye 6 reports agriculture high-tech targets. The paper is quite long and boring, but essentially it reveals that the Thargoids are attacking our systems, and that someone ought to do something about it, 
Send Johnny Alien back to the Call 70 sector with his tentacles between his legs. That's what the government ought to do. End free movement for aliens. Build a wall. Most excitingly, the report creates a brand new word. Thargoid targeted systems are henceforth to be known as Thargets. The Death and Life of Harry Potter There was a minor sensation this week when it was reported that Commander Harry Potter, one of the most skilled combat pilots in the entire galaxy, had been killed. And that once his rather enormous bounty was taken into account, he didn't have enough money in his bank account to buy back his highly engineered anaconda. There was significant delight from those who were perhaps not entirely appreciative of Commander Potter's achievements, and who imagined him setting off from Trevithic Dock in a lone sidewinder. In fact, Potter, who was killed by his friend and colleague Commander Omnislash, had plenty of stored assets, and after selling some of his stored ships easily had sufficient funds to rebuy his ship. What's more, he made a plea to the Frontier Charitable Foundation for the care of destitute commanders for his losses, including the cost of his unfeasibly large bounty to be refunded. In the light of his excellent upstanding character, it's believed that this claim was granted, and we're pleased to say that Commander Potter came out of the experience none the worse for it and was quickly able to get back to this week's task, killing commanders in Desiat. Lockdown in Seoul According to reports received from Commander Shaneri Rainal, parts of the Seoul system seem likely to enter lockdown at the next BGS tick. The part of the system including Cambridge Starport is believed to be on the verge of switching from democracy to anarchy, after a long period without effective government. It's also believed likely that parts of planet Earth will become permit-locked the following day, requiring commanders to become allied with the Rees-Mogg faction to gain admission. Meanwhile, pilots have been abandoning the struggle against the Thargoids in their droves, in favour of a game show, during which large blocks of masonry are thrown off high buildings. The 100 contestants need to catch these blocks and use them to pave a road without leaving any gaps. The winner is the last contestant not crushed by falling masonry. The Pilots' Federation, which had been up for an award for the way it had been maintaining the galaxy, has had to withdraw after it was claimed that the galaxy is now on a maintenance footing, and that the Pilots' Federation is planning a managed retreat, leaving the galaxy in the hands of Thorg the Mighty. The Pilots' Federation strenuously denies these allegations. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. since I last heard from that dame and the doctor. My small ad generated loads of calls, most of them 
trying to sell me insurance. I was worried. The doctor's fate was in my hands. I turned back to the wireless. Dr. Arcanon, you're okay. Ah, yes. Sorry. I spilled my coffee on my apparatus. Is it okay now, doctor? I'm walking with a limp, but that's not important. These artifacts fascinate me. What are we doing here with my ASP, doctor? We need to see what these signals are about. Your ASP is ideal for studies. Every time I nudge the artifact with my ASP, it turns away. Yes, and this signal. It keeps repeating pictures of your ASP. Like some giant selfie stick. Be careful, Miss Featherston. There is a second signal. Watch out, Miss Featherston! Not again. I lost the signal. I'm hoping that wasn't the end of their journey. I broadcast a distress call to all nearby ships. Now, where did I put my biscuits? This is the genuine Buck Naked, spokesman for Lake on Spaceways. I'm apologizing this week because I have a slight head cold which may change my voice just a small amount. But do not worry, we are ready, just like anyone who wants to be a trucker, always ready. The top commander this week, who jumped the furthest, is Commander Ed Hunter, who jumped a total of 59,543 light-years. That's a long way, Commander. Well done. And, not surprisingly, Ed Hunter also did the largest number of jumps. This makes me think you don't have a very big capacity in your jump, Ed. Better luck next time. The commander who bought the most cargo this week was Ninj, with 
37,881 units. Hooray! Well done, Ninja! And the commander who sold the most cargo this week is Commander Zane Till. Total of 25,296 units. Yee-haw! The commander who earned the most mission points is our old friend Texas Stu, who earned a total of 1,000 and change points. The commander who handed in the most bounties was Galen Reynolds. Well done, Commander, with a total of 23,212,506 credits. You killer, you. The commander who handed in the most exploration data was Matthias MJN, with a whopping, that's how we say it in Texas, whopping, 333,922,203 credits. <laughs> now, the commander who did the most pew and pewing is Commander Bobber Hitchcock. A total of combat bonds, 20,748,000 credits. Well, you really should get out more. Commanders who transported Lucky underscore DL 3,968 passengers I don't know how many of those were happy but they were all transported and the top commander who scanned the most objects Commander Ed Hunter this explains why you took so long to get anywhere Ed you were scanning things with a total of 3,204 objects scanned now how did we know all of this lovely information? That's because we have a little helper, the Hutton Helper. If you don't have it, you can install it relatively pain-free, unless you're very clumsy, by going to hot.forthemug.com and downloading it. And if you're on a console, you're going to feel very silly when you've done that. This is Hutton's Top Trucker brought to you by the real Buck Naked, spoken for Lacon Spaceways, the only spaceships with a voice-changing microphone in the cockpit. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>